Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. Hey, man. It's a special day today. It is. It is. It this is, is crazy. Is. I know. Democracy right in front of us. This is insane. Is it? Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get... We're building up this uh, the suspense, but let's go ahead and introduce Quentin Lucas, mayoral candidate for the city of Kansas City. That's pretty Hi, Quentin. Big deal. Hey, good to be with you guys. Excited to uh, be on Startup Hustle. We are honored to have you here. And before we get started, I want to say thank you for A, for coming in, but B, um, I'm, I want to say I'm very impressed with the presence that you have continued to have in our startup community here in Kansas City. I think it's really important. Um, I, it has a lot to do with the success and the growth of startups in Kansas City and our small business community, knowing that the local leadership is getting behind it. So thank you for that. Yeah, I mean, I think, and, and you're very welcome, I think it's key to the future of Kansas City. I mean, right. when we're talking about exciting places in the country and in the world, it's those places that are attracting startups. It's realizing that, you know, these days, growing businesses really requires a good startup community, good employees, all of that. It's not just a big incentive to a classic factory like the 1950s. Sure. That's sure. the new economy is uh, sure. small businesses, small startups, the, right. you know, these small businesses. And yeah, absolutely. I have to, I have to re-echo what the course he said. And like, I think I've seen you at six to 10 different startup right. events or something like that over the last year. And I don't even go to that many startup <laughs> events. So yeah. every single one I went to, you were there. So huge thank you uh, to that. I've never seen a, any kind of politician at any of these events except for you. So that's, that's a huge, huge kudos. So yeah, very impressed with that. So. So a couple things for those of you that are, we have a, a lot of listeners that aren't in Kansas City right. as well. So um, Quentin is running for the mayor of Kansas City, and that election is on June 18th. Am mm -hmm. I correct? Yes, sir. And um, how often does that occur? Is that every four years? Every four years. So it's time. It's time, and we've got an open seat. So the uh, current mayor is term limited, so we have to figure out kind of a new path. And so that's why... I felt like about 300 people ran for this seat, you know, yeah. <laughs> maybe it was only 12, but we had folks that ran the gamut from uh, a lot of different backgrounds, some of whom didn't even live in Kansas City, right. which was even more exciting. Uh, but now it's, it's, you know, down to two and I'm just making sure I get out there to enough events, still trying to learn. Hence why I'm always talking to folks in the startup community, because there's a lot to learn about what we need to do for the future of the city. So as we, you know, we normally talk about startups and business and stuff like that. So let's, let's, uh, I know you're a KU guy, so we'll say, let's pay heed yes, to that don't. a little bit um, in regards to when you want to be a politician, you're a startup of your own, your, your own brand is right. a startup. So what made you want to run for mayor? You know, I think it was probably not unlike some of you in the startup world, you, um, see problems, right? right? And you start to think it takes a little bit of ambition, just a tinge of arrogance, right? And confidence, because you're like, I'm somebody who can actually solve that problem. And a little crazy. Don't right. forget oh, that. Oh, That's yeah. part of the mix. Lord Jesus, man. We are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know you guys, you know me a little bit now. We are all, we are all some interesting cats. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it was my background 
um, is a lot like a lot of other people's in the world. But I grew up with a single mom. Uh, we moved around a lot. I was homeless part of my upbringing. You know, education created these opportunities for me. So I wanted to see in what way can I make my own city kind of an ecosystem of greater success. So it's not just the one off, you know, exceptional kid who rises from a certain type of lifestyle to being successful, but it's more. And, uh, you know, it's weird because I'm a lawyer, so I'm the world's most boring profession where we are completely kind of risk averse and all of that. And then I said, you know what, while I'm doing all right as a lawyer, I really want to take more risk in my own personal life and career by running for office, making sure I'm creating better impact long term. Uh, I mean, you have your own amazing uh, startup journey as a as an individual to go. You said being homeless, single mm -hmm. mom, all these things that that creates a lot of adversity, right? As a yeah. as a, as a kid, no, to get even to get where you are, just as a as a lawyer, right? I mean, that alone is a huge accomplishment and journey, right? It in was itself. So, I mean, yeah. a lot of people struggle, you know, from those early days. And I was the same way. My parents were divorced, right. extremely poor. I was born in a trailer park in Oklahoma, mm -hmm. but found figured it out, made the journey, and right. You know, the thing that's crazy to me, too, on that point, I mean, so many people we probably bumped into over the years, both in probably our earlier backgrounds and even the men and women that you bump into sometimes, let's say they're 30, they hate their job, but they're kind of like, eh, it's what I do. I mean, the thing that I've liked about this journey of mine and learning about you all's as well is like, no, you're not stuck, right? I mean, always kind of keep thinking about the ideas that you have and how they can grow. And, you know, it makes you a heck of a lot happier long term. Well, now we need to take that same thought process to Kansas City. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. we don't want it to be this stagnant 35-year-old. Mm -hmm. We need it to exactly. grow. Well, that's true. I mean, and it's interesting because for your listeners who are, aren't in Kansas City, I mean, frankly, the KC story is the same one you run into in places like, I think we're doing a little better than them, but like a Buffalo or Cincinnati or all these others. And frankly... Nashville and Indianapolis were like in the same kind of area before, but some of those cities are booming. Some of those aren't. And I think part of it is how do you envision yourself? How do you reinvent yourself? You know, let's use the Pittsburgh example too, right? Steel City is a place that really is now a heck of a tech city, startup, educational, et cetera. And so I think we do need to challenge Kansas City and Kansas City ends to not just say, hey, everything should be the same, but instead to say, what can we do to really make this city um, ready to like hit this even better stride in the next generation. There's so much that's occurring here in Kansas City and just the Midwest. And all right. So it's really expensive to operate on the coasts, right. as they say. And there's been such a draw for all those companies that are out there, whether they're in New York, Boston, Miami, uh, I mean, anywhere in California, the I mean, and in the Silicon Valley area, it's $4,400 on average for a two bedroom apartment. And that's crazy. That's insane. And you're seeing companies that are moving here. And I see a new one come up, you know, once a month or quarterly. And these are big companies that are bringing uh, jobs here. I, I personally think that cities like Kansas City and other, you know, like we're the 25th biggest market in the United States. Let's right. be real. That's like what we are. I mean, that, that's what we're not going to ever be Los Angeles or New York. But all of a sudden, that's presenting advantages. So, you know, as the mayor, what does what are some of the things that the city can or could do better with you as mayor in order to encourage these companies to come back to KC or just come here in general? Right. You know, a few different things. Uh, the first is it's got to be a place that's easy to do business 
which uh, we're not always. I mean, in Kansas City, Missouri, if you tried to open here today, you may deal with a business licensing issue. You're going to deal with earnings tax issues. I mean, there are just some things that at the front end get people to say, wait a second, I'm I'm going to be happy staying wherever I am, be it a thousand miles away or one mile away. And so always figuring out how you make it easier, right? How you make it easier for people who are creative to settle here, I think, is step one. Step two has to be a talent attraction type thing. I mean, you guys' business needs good, talented people, and and some of whom are here, some of whom are going to be abroad. But what we always need to be able to do is say that we're producing and attracting, I think, a good workforce of folks that um, are smart, right, well-trained, diverse, um, and also have kind of a worldliness, right? They, they're the type of people who you can send to the Philippines and feel confident that they're not going to offend everybody for the first moment they learned. Um, And so, I mean, I think it's those two. And then finally, yeah, making sure you keep a community that is uh, affordable. Now the coasts have a big head start on us, but I mean, not when it comes to affordability, No, I'm saying in terms of being expensive, right? We, we probably will never catch them in level of expensiveness, but at the same time, I mean, that's this whole thing of you're creating uh, adequate housing, you're making sure that there is socioeconomic diversity in a community. Frankly, the basics like the schools are good, right? I mean, um, you have children. Yeah, right? I do. You know, and so it's just kind of like people want to be around those basics too and that good quality of life stuff. But it's that combo. And then I guess I'm missing one final point. You, you need culture, right? I mean, that's half the reason that a lot of people, and God bless everyone from a small town, right? And that sort of thing. But it's why a lot of people will leave them sometimes. Because while I lived in Hutchinson, Kansas, when I was younger, right, Hutch is a great place. But what Hutch didn't offer was like a lot of the stuff that I like around me. I can not a lot of diversity of of activities and culture. That's exactly right. Everybody does the same thing every day. Sure did, right? You have (laughs) not a lot of diversity of things to do. Right, you have people to meet. High school, some junior college basketball, and like my thing is, yeah, it's nice that in a city like this one. You can basically hit what you need, which is you get your cultural setting or if you're a guy who likes sports or a gal who likes sports, but you can do all these other things. And we need to make sure we keep fostering that long term. You, know, you talk about having culture. And so I grew up here. Um, I've lived all over the country. I moved back here six years ago. Um, my can't, My family's from here like 150 years from here. And I've seen Kansas City, especially downtown Casey Mo, go through such a ridiculous upswing and everything. I mean, it's cool. It's yeah. cool. I mean, I, and I've spent a lot of time in like Austin and Denver and some of these adjacent cities and I say five, they're 500 miles away, but they're still adjacent. Yeah. There's every bit as much culture here as there is in either one of those places. I mean, there's live music, there's art, actually the art scene in Kansas city mm-hmm. outclasses both of the, the other cities I mentioned. Like first Fridays and stuff like that are yeah, great. Just kind of cultural gatherings once a month. Yeah. And, and you know, but people like, when you talk about culture, people want things that you do when you're 18 to 35, yep. you know, and, and I mean, Matt, we're, we're old, we live in the burbs. But not everybody wants that, you know, and and that's part of that. When we talk about culture, that's what's important. And I think that anybody that was listening and considering Kansas City. All right. So now when I travel places, um, they will ask me, they'll say, you're from Kansas City. And they'll be like, are there cowboys there? (laughs) Like overseas, they'll ask me that and different stuff. I'm like, "Uh, no, I live in a city just like Mm -hmm. the one we're in right now. So that perception 
of Kansas City is, you know, well, it's, I mean, realistically, it's kind of podunk. Yeah. And that's right. so, how do you think we can change that on a more national level yeah. to attract, you know, I, I'm not, I mean, I don't know the answer either. I'm just curious. Cause like I said, as someone who's been involved in music and other things like that for my whole life, like I'm, I think there's so much going on here. There's right. cool venues, there's great stuff, like just the whole downtown, like power and light and the crossroads. It's cool. Right. Right. I mean, you know, that's, that's such a good point too, because in the last year I went to Austin for the first time and Nashville for the first time. And in both of them, and they're they're fine places, but I, particularly in Austin, I was there, and I kind of said, "Oh wait, so this is this is, is this Austin, it? right? Like yeah, this yeah. is oh, I thought this was like the world's coolest place." And I get out, and I'm like, "Oh." And there's one street that has a shitload of traffic <laughs> right. on it, and, and it's hot as hell. Yeah, yeah. oh god, yeah. yeah. It was like yeah. late September, and I'm still just like, "All right, this isn't that much better." And you're right, even the music scene. I'm like, "All right, so there's a street of like bars, and their barbecue is right. subpar." Yeah, I agree with that. <laughs> and so, like, I think the thing that we you know, need to do. We started it um, in the crossroads. We've done, a, I think, a decent job of you're seeing these kind of businesses that are building up restaurants, others that are creative. And I think that's been good. What we need to do more of is uh, I think the problem and the mistake Kansas City makes sometimes is that we think that for something to be new and interesting and all that sort of stuff, uh, that we have to actually, um, you know, like create some giant district right? Some big, cool thing. And for me, the story is no, you just need to foster, frankly, not unlike startups, real estate and development is the exact same thing, which is, yeah, let something normal happen. Don't build a gigantic shopping mall, right? Don't just incentivize like these gigantic developments. Instead say, hey, how do we create like another restaurant row in an area? You know, there's an area in this city called 18th and Vine, which was kind of like the historic black downtown uh, back in the days of segregation and all of that, where there was lots of jazz and blues and food and all that stuff. It's trying to come back. But the mistake we're making is that like City Hall is trying to do it all. That, that does not work. Right. What we need to do is actually say, hey, maybe we'll give you the space. We'll give you like some good tax breaks on it. All you little businesses come in, like grow, do stuff. And that's, I think, how we do it. And then in terms of that, and so people see that and that'll be cool. Further on the national scale, though, um, we need to support startups like yours. I mean, I think the best way to change it is for more people to meet someone from here and somebody who's saying, hey, Kansas City's really got a lot going on. Another thing I'll say, and this is, and I love, there are a few big universities around here, um, University of Missouri, Kansas City, the University of Missouri or Mizzou is in Columbia. I work at the University of Kansas. Yeah. K State is near. Frankly, I didn't boom as you. Right. Point that out. <laughs> exactly. But I'll say like KU, particularly because it's fairly close. Like if we could find a way to kind of like build up both the university's reputation, and you may know him from basketball, but kind of saying like this is a great school that's doing some impactful and interesting things, and it's just this close to the city, and we're all part of this great kind of growing ecosystem, not unlike the Stanford. Northern California thing. I think that could be a place where we're seeing real growth. So that's a good question. How are you going to fix uh, KU's football team? Uh, they actually have a real football coach. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, it is interesting. I mean, now granted, I mean, are they, do they finally stop paying one of the many coaches? I mean, they're yeah, I'll tell you paying what. like four guys, three million bucks a year. We, we always say a good business has to start with a problem worth solving. And, uh, <laughs> it's not that and, one. And, and, yeah. That's right. That's yeah. right. So um that's definitely a well is that even a problem we're solving it? I, no. I, I think my excuse as, as a yeah. as a ku fan is like hey we're a basketball school yeah right. um right you so. know one of my uh, my co-workers i teach law at ku 
he tweeted not real trouble about it, but the internet went after him because he was like, really, we should just abolish football at KU. And uh, nobody liked that. I mean, I'm not opposed. I know. I was kind of like, eh, my work. We did decide to build a new track and field stadium over a football stadium. So there's some (laughs) priorities, right? right. Anyway, well, the thing I always like to point out about KU is there is a tradition of winning. When you have too many rings for one hand, you're still doing something. (laughs) Doing all right. Can't be good at everything. (laughs) So, Quentin, we first off, I appreciate your comments about growth but as the mayor would you would you make it a priority to continue to create an economically favorable environment for companies that were home, that were born and raised here as well as ones that come in oh, i mean is point. that a is that a, is that a major initiative of yours and what are some other things related to that i know you had some comments on it but i think we should for those listening nail you down yeah um so short answer is uh yes and and this is why it's actually a lot cheaper to, I mean, let's think about the sort of things you can do to foster a startup scene. One, kind of a little bit less regulation from the local government side. Uh, that to me is, if not cost neutral, right, kind of cost positive. You don't have staff that are looking over your forms, right? We still like city ordinance still requires people to like enter things on the quote worldwide web. I mean, because last time we reformed, it was like 1997 and we thought it was cool and new. So, I mean, I think modernization there is going to be a key step. I think the other thing is we have a business creation office. What that office usually sees itself as is like, how do we come up with a license for, I don't know, some liquor serving establishment? It's really old fashioned. You know, my view would be, all right, use one of those business officers and really do real work on working with startups that are here now, helping them find access to capital, right? And link them to guys like you. And then the other thing is saying, hey, what can we do almost like a concierge service to like help you grow? And so those would be, I mean, two key initiatives, the total cost of which are probably you got to pay somebody and you got to like do less regulation on the other side. You're probably looking at less than 150 grand a year just to start. Uh, and that's not that much in a $1.7 billion well, when budget. You, when you look at the economic impact that that that's can right. have on the other side. So, right. you, you know, startups, well, every business was a startup. At yeah. some point, the biggest, I mean, Ford was a startup, right. the, the, any blue chip stock was a startup at some point. Right. And, uh, you know, it, it does have to start somewhere. There's some pretty exciting things going on in Kansas City as well. I mean, we've had some companies that have recently have announced some very large amounts of capital. I mean, that's coming in to Kansas City. Right. And that's the key. And you talk about, hey, what do we need? A couple of people to maybe help foster these exactly. businesses to get set up. And well, maybe, those wins create more wins, right? right. Yeah. I mean, so, it, not, that's an, uh, that understates. It's like somebody, a, it's like a domino. Right. Somebody like pay it, raised yeah. $100 million. And, and then another 25 follows yeah, that. And, and yeah. not only does that create jobs, but the founders who, inevitably got some of that money hopefully they take that money invest it in they other do. startups they hire right? people they they, they buy ads those seeds fall stuff. from the tree yeah. and right they invest in their local politicians i mean and they, they do like it's and and the talent that comes from that that's <laughs> that's one of my favorite things about the vin solution story my original company is there's half a dozen companies that would not exist today if it yeah. wasn't for vin solutions the talent the people that work there eventually went on right. Like Jason Rice from from Lot Pop that was was on our show. He worked at Viato, which was one of the sister companies for Vin. But because he worked for Viato, he got that training at that startup. Now right. he started his own. Like that yeah. that all of that keeps going. And we, we have to we keep actually, it going. We actually thought about this and it was it was Matt Watson that started this, but we looked at ourselves and we said, How many jobs have we created? And so 
for those of you that are joining us for the first time or aren't familiar, Matt was one of the Matt Watson was one of the co-founders of End Solutions. And there's the other side of the startups that you exit that was an exit of a hundred and fifty million dollar sale. Now, you know, that's it's still here in Kansas City. Aren't yeah, all your co are your, still exist. Yeah. Are, the company doesn't aren't all your co founders still here? They're in the all area? still here and one of them is now the CEO of another company that he actually moved from California back to Kansas City because he wanted to stay here right. and has created two or three hundred jobs right. in Kansas City. So, so again, like all those. But that what just was the number you came up with? You thought about? Didn't you say that you felt that that the businesses that you've started and the enterprises that you've helped grow have created around two thousand jobs? About a thousand. A thousand. About a thousand jobs. Right. I, I was in the ballpark. I, I'm not up at that number, but my it, mine is more of a worldwide total. And I mean, it's still in the hundreds right. and, you know, but you talk about the significant impact. I mean, these were all startups. Right. Like, I mean, literally I wrote a book about starting a business in the extra bedroom of my home. I mean, it's got to start somewhere. Right. I mean, you don't start in a skyscraper. Right. And the thing is, I didn't. the thing that's amazing to me is I listen to this too. It's like, you did that without huge, like tax breaks, right? No. You did that without some big random help. And so what that tells me, and this is where I'll get slightly controversial, and even if you don't live in a Kansas City, every city has this, which is the quote business community. Yeah. Right. And it's the kind of usually a gilded set of men over fifty. And not that I don't love them too, because we all, I hope to be one one day. But you know, nevertheless, it's this thing where they they kind of call the shots in a lot of stuff that happens in the city. And you know and it's not always the right thing. They also take right. no risk. Right, exactly. They're they're kind of parked at a few key institutions. And largely what they're doing is just transferring money between themselves, the big law firm, the big bank, the big business, the whatever, right? And it's just that. And it's how cities stagnate, frankly. It's how you have places, you know, kind of like, and not that there aren't, there are some great things happening in St. Louis right now. But, you know, for a while, they were just letting a few of these big companies McDonnell Douglas, Anheuser-Busch, all of those, all of which have been acquired, right, kind of be Monsanto, like be the ones that called all the shots in the communities and could be kind of exclusionary to others. Sure. And so what I've liked about Kansas City is that, you know, first of all, we've, we're addressing that now. I think we need to continue. And as mayor, I think you have to be part of that conversation of saying, old rich guys, you're not the only ones. And you're not the only ones that are calling the shots or speaking for what is, quote, the business community, because it's a heck of a lot more diverse now. And it's a lot of people that are doing very different things who weren't around five years ago. And that's OK. The, the number one thing I think we need that would help the community is for those existing larger companies to figure out how to do business with the smaller companies in right. some way or another. Right? That's been a topic they we need recently to discussed. Be, yeah, the gap. Be their customer, yeah. you know, be our customers. When I say our, our, I'm representing this, the small guys, right? Like. If I had Sprint and Cerner and Garmin and HR Block and AMC and all these companies as customers in any way, that would be huge to me. That would help me ensure that my business exists and succeeds, right? Like that's what the community needs is to be focused on Kansas City. How do we, how do Kansas City companies help Kansas City companies? And that, that's something that's been a focal point of Matt and I. And you have come to one of our events mm -hmm. where we've tried to take a different take on getting local businesses together. Just getting people in Kansas City to sit down and talk about doing business with each other. Like, don't look outside of your own yard before you're positive that what you need isn't in your yard. Speaking of which, and we were talking about money. So, 
um, everybody running for office could use donations. Yeah. And I don't want to pass over that. Um, where, and if you're listening, we'll put a link to Quentin's stuff, yeah. um, wherever it is that you're finding this, watching this or listening to it. But do you want to tell those listening how they can drop yeah. a couple bucks in your in your campaign account? Yeah, go right ahead. It is uh, at Quentin, Q-U-I-N-T-O-N, Lucas, L-U-C-A-S dot org, QuentinLucas.org. Uh, the website, you'll get there. There'll be a cool video background. One of the three choices for you is to donate. Um, you know, it it's interesting because when you talk about startup communities, uh, it's interesting because like I, I went out to Washington recently and we're using a digital ad firm. TV, all that sort of stuff, you know, they work not in like old buildings, but in these, you know, interesting spaces with a number of other companies, right? You're seeing that model in tons of cities. And then when I left, I was like, wait, there's nothing special about this political advertising firm that's doing digital stuff being in Washington, yep. right? And I want to like see, frankly, more here, more in so many other places. And so that's why our campaign, you know, our opponents done a lot more of the traditional Let's go with the regular folks and all that sort of stuff. We got through the primary, a 12-person primary. And just to give you all background, like, and it's kind of like the story you guys have because people do not believe in you sometimes. The, the local newspaper, another good aging institution, right, put a poll out two weeks before the election, had us tied for sixth place, right? Uh, we rose 14 points in the polls, right, ended up getting through the primary. We've been leading the polls for the entire runoff since. And part of that was because we invested heavily in digital Right. We invested heavily in kind of different grassroots ways to reach people as opposed to doing the classic buy a bunch of TV ads. No offense to TV, but buy a bunch of TV ads and then just like send mail. Right. Because everybody has been telling us for years, oh, every voter on average is 70 years old. Just go with that. And I'm like, first of all, many of them are also on right their phones, at least or on a computer. And then the other thing is, it's like you can always engage more people. We were finding new audiences. So QuentinLucas.org is where you can go to find out more of that. Um, and I've loved meeting kind of those folks because you're right. I mean, I think running for office is kind of like a startup. We have a videographer who himself is kind of like a startup guy. He works at KU, but knows literally everything. and was like, I can make some more on the side too. Well, and, I think well, and speaking of videographers, you brought a few with you today. So, <laughs> yeah. so since, since we're plugging stuff, I'm going to post pictures of that. This is actually the first time. And guys that point cameras at me love it when I look right at them and wave. <laughs> uh, it's always really popular, but at Startup Hustle podcasts on instagram we'll we'll post those pictures so it's definitely a first for us here on the podcast what? have we have a film crew come in before no i mean there's usually one that follows me but not <laughs> usually in here and usually it's like the investigative story where they're like evil matt has yeah done for 2020 okay this is all right i'm <laughs> for 2020 have, i have stuff, to go yeah. there so since ever since the podcast so we're a top 100 business podcast like the general category on, right. on apple now and watson keeps making rock star demands he wants a, a <laughs> tour bus three pounds of all green m&ms I don't know why you need a dressing horse or dressing room with a seahorse in it, but you know, you do what you need to yeah, do. And well, now you have a film crew. Eclectic. Yes. Okay. Well, <laughs> we'll get back to the election. So, so I, I think it's, I think it's important. Again, we talked a little bit about your campaign, like being a startup. And I, and I think a lot of that is because you wake up every day and you have like new problems and new challenges. And you're like, I could do this, or I could do this, or I could do this. How do I prioritize my time? Where do I go? Where do I spend my resources? Same thing with the advertising you're doing, right? Like, do I do ads on Facebook? Do I do ads on Instagram? Do I do a billboard? Do I do a TV ad? Do I walk down the street and just plant a sign in somebody's yard? Like, right. where do I put my attention? Right. And those are the same thoughts that every startup has, right? Like, 
How do we get our name out there? Who is our customer? Where are they? How do I reach them? It's like all the same challenges. Exactly. Is everything I've done wrong? Am I going broke? Yeah. You know, just, yeah, I mean, yeah. Right. yeah what is right. my competitor doing? Exactly. Right. All of it. What can I do better? Am I doing it fast enough? I it's mean, just it's like just, being a startup. Yeah. Yeah. So how do, this is a question I have for you guys, because in politics, you deal with this all the time and it's a tough balance, which is sometimes your supporters are some of the least helpful folks because they'll be like, hey, Lucas, your opponent is, you know, up on all these TV ads. You got to do that. And then you get 10 more calls about it. And you're like, I need to stick to my plan. And it's like you're on a plan or something like that. I mean, do you ever get either people who have invested or employees or spouses that are kind of like, no, you need to do it just like this. Or my brother had a company that was doing it this way. I mean, how do you kind of stay true to what your plan is? I think that, um, yeah, it's probably not as, as frequent as you. Um, and I told you the other night, I, I have a strong appreciation for what you do and the energy that you have to do it. Cause by the time you saw us the other night, I think you had done gone to about 12 things that day. And I, you know, one of them wears me out, but yeah, I mean that, the the proverbial peanut gallery always has comments concerns and other stuff like that and i think in the end like you said you have a plan you have to stick with it but you also have to be ready to change your plan i mean just just sticking to the plan for the sake of doing it isn't always the right thing to do but you and, and also not making decisions emotionally yeah you know not saying two days into the plan the plan isn't going to work like you have to give it a a specific amount of time to succeed and then, you know, reevaluate. And I, I'd say that I'm always in a constant state of reevaluation and change. If you need, I think that we use it in so building software, they use the term agile. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important. What do you think, Watson? I think the hardest part is being self-aware that you need to do that sometimes, right? Like we get stuck in our ways of doing a certain thing and we get a lot of opinions from the peanut gallery, like you said, but sometimes the hardest thing that we do is being self-aware of like, okay, I do need to make some changes because we get set in our ways too. So it's, well, it, requir it's it requires balance. tough decisions. And we've talked about that a lot here on the podcast is, you know, business isn't easy. And, and sometimes you have people that you really like and you have to make decisions like that aren't always favorable for them. And I, and politics has got to be the same way. I mean, and, and I think that the turning point for me over the last decade was, really just accepting the fact that I wasn't going to please everyone and not everyone was going to like me and that not, and that sometimes when I was doing the best job possible, I wasn't going to be popular at all. That's, right. that's one of the harder parts. I think that's something that people that are in leadership positions, especially in business don't always, you know, get around. Like somehow you have to make unpopular decisions, but they're the one that might be right. Right. And and I think also like and that's definitely true when you're actually the mayor, right? Yeah. You're like oh, yeah. we need to do this policy, even though part of city council or part of the yeah. part of the citizens don't agree. But well, you're like for the greater good, this is what we got to do. At, at our businesses, um, there's times that things get tough as well, and you have to be willing to shoulder all of that. Yeah. And shield everyone the same, you know, like throw an umbrella over everyone. And then at the same time, be able to quickly turn and it's up to you. You're the one that has to embrace and, and absorb all that to deflect it and keep it away from the people that work for you and the, those that are helping you achieve your mission. But when things are great, you have to remove that and be ready to share the wins, share the victory, share all of that. And because otherwise it starts to appear as kind of selfish. Right. 
are you pointing at mixtape? Did you think of a song? Uh-oh. Yeah, I did. Oh, man. All right. So I haven't thought of a song, but no. we like to t- always take a break in every show. And we play Mixtape the Game. You can check it out at mixtapethegame.com. We have a digital version coming soon. So we pull a card out of a deck. And we and should point out, this is a local startup, a local is. company based in Kansas City. This is. We, is cool. we invested in this as well. Um, they sold 50,000 of these things to t- like Target and other places last holiday season. Uh, you wow. talk about just little homegrown stuff. It matters and like we want to work with so joel johnson's the, the local creator of this and we want to try to make this big we want to make kansas city the mixtape capital of the world i haven't thought of a song yet so i'm actually just buying time but i but we will name a scenario and then we all name a song and then we have to vote for who has the best one and you can't vote for yourself so right. here you go the best song for riding a sparkling unicorn across a rainbow i've got one Go for it, Matt. Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, wow. I know. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. <laughs> I'm, I'm really like thinking like, can I instead just pick a whole entire catalog and go with <laughs> with Elton John's entire catalog? Doesn't he have Ooh. a Yellow Brick Road song? Yeah, yeah he, does. he does. Okay, he does. I'm going with that, but I can't even sing it, so I don't feel like I'm legit. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I told y'all I thought this was a choice for somebody who's under the influence of something, so... Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with uh, Puff the Magic Dragon. Oh, that's Ooh. pretty good. Pretty good. But, hey, look, since I want to vote for Quentin, I'm voting for him now for mixtape as well. So, all right, you might as well you might as well vote for him too. Well, I, you never vote. I'm for not me voting anyway. for you. So yeah, I'm voting. All right, for all right, you, man. You talk, we have a winner. About, now, you talk about overcoming adversity. Getting Watson's vote at mixtape <laughs> is next to impossible for well, me. Well, you know, so. now I realize if I'm uh, successful next week in the election, I should make that my walkout song. Do it. <laughs> Literally. Do I'll it. tell you what, a lot of people be confused, but the uh, the stoner crowd of Kansas City be like, I love that dude. Didn't vote for him, but love him. <laughs> that's, that's true. That's actually an interesting change that's come to Missouri. Really? It has. I yeah. mean, it's, yeah. it's going it to be. Uh, We're seven months away from having. Uh, legal, mer- legal I, medical medical i thought yeah. that was i thought it was even closer than that but maybe i'm wrong we're doing the uh yeah we're doing the regulatory kind of stuff which frankly to your point on governments is another problem not that you don't need to regulate in certain ways but we're doing it all wrong we're thinking we're basically letting anheuser-busch lobbyists draft it all and we're going to do something that does not like let smaller market entrants in and instead it's going to be kind of a pro big farm thing which i think is unfortunate but you know, I'm not governor. I'm yeah, still, that, that's an issue that, you know, so here we're actually technically in Kansas yep. at this recording. I grew up in Kansas and I'm still just shocked that Kansas is like so slow to yeah. that. I mean, they could aren't, use aren't it. we an agriculture state? No doubt. Right. Yeah. Well, the pressure's on. They're sandwiched between Colorado and Missouri. And now, everybody so. else. Yeah. So we'll right. see. The we'll see on. about that. So. Um, okay, so Quentin, a couple things here. Uh, for those of you in KC Mo, the election's next uh, Tuesday, mm-hmm. June 18th. Um, you can also check out Quentin Lucas. It's uh, Quentin with an O-N. Yes, yes. Um, Lucas.org. Uh, you have a lot of content and, and other stuff there. Um, it's not hard to find information about you. You've been in a lot of uh, local debates. Right and other stuff if you want to uh, check out what he's had to say mm-hmm. um, i encourage making a donation i am not i unfortunately i do not live in kc mo so i'm gonna need someone to go vote for quentin for me <laughs> yeah same here i yeah, mean i think I, can't vote either. I heard about that in like a presidential race once where people in different states were like exchanging their 
Oh. <laughs> and so like a dude in, you know, Wyoming would be like, like a well, vote exchange. Exactly. You know, Weird. Like, could somebody in Iowa actually make the vote that I want and I'll I'll make it so, you know, your guy gets something out here. So Yeah, if you uh if you go vote for Quentin and you tag at Startup Hustle Podcasts on Instagram of you voting, then uh we'll we'll send you a, a a gift box or something like that <laughs> yeah because why yeah. not because why not right yeah. why, by the way we're probably going to get tagged right. in like four thousand things i'll have to like order all new copies of my books we'll be like dude fire up the t-shirt press hurry <laughs> we'll have to issue an apology for like taking six months to get it out we'll have to call the mayor we'll have to call the mayor hopefully this isn't a big problem so well quentin i know that you are i know that you're in the the heat of the battle yeah uh, thank you for coming by yeah thank you so much it really time. does it means a lot to us and i just want to say thanks again because i know that so many people i've talked to in our local startup community echoed the same sentiment that matt and i had at the beginning of the show thank you for being involved yeah. and caring and showing up and being a voice and like you know the events that we're often at are at night right and it's easy to just go home and not care and right. i know that everyone i know you have a lot of support from the folks in that community and I'm looking forward to I'm looking forward to Lucas as mayor. Hey, man, I'm looking forward to it, too. I will come back and we can talk about uh, the good work we're doing to make it better in KC. Awesome. I'm Can't looking wait. I'm looking forward to saying that I beat the mayor at mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> See you next time. See you. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCorsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.